And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. It chills the soul whenever people talk about, hear the word Armageddon. And so as promised, I'm going to talk about it. It's found in Revelation 16, 16. Can you go to Revelation chapter 16, verse 16? It reads, And he gathered them together into a place called, in the Hebrew tongue, Armageddon. He is referring to the Lord Almighty. I know it's not capitalized. Some people think it's the devil. Yes, he's the one who went out and whispered. He whispered in the, as, as we saw earlier on, John said he saw frog-like spirits whispering in the ears of the leaders of the world to come down to Armageddon, to Armageddon. And that's what the devil wants to do. He wants to, his, his aim is still to kill, still to kill, still and destroy. He's bringing the kings of the world against the Antichrist because he knows his goal, which is to kill, is going to accomplish. And so... The word Armageddon is mentioned only one time in the Bible, and that's right here. I mean, it's referenced other areas. But the word Armageddon, Armageddon is only mentioned once here in uh, Revelation chapter 16, verse 16. Uh, let me say, though, there are probably very few adults who are not familiar with the word and what it implies. The word, as I said itself, it's a doomsday word. It brings chill to people's soul, most people when they hear it. Some people just don't want to talk about Armageddon. But it's going to happen. This, this is a reality that's in the future that's going to happen. And so it behooves you and I to understand. Amen? So we can witness for the Lord. Praise God. Now when I say Armageddon, please do not think of Ben Affleck. And Bruce Willis. <laughs> Believe me, brothers and sisters, there'll be no drilling in the earth's core. <laughs> Amen? But rather, I'm referring to the movie. Amen? I'm again. There'll be no drilling into the earth's core, but there's going to be a bloodbath. That's what's going to happen, a bloodbath. Yes, the devil is going to possess a man who's going to attempt to annihilate the nation of Israel, and Jesus will appear with a heavenly host can somebody say that's us that's us jesus will appear with a heavenly host to defend the nation of israel and there is going to be a bloodbath that's what i mean by a bloodbath amen when jesus appears the bible says in second thessalonians chapter oh i think it's eight verse nine it says he's going to destroy the evil one with the brightness of his glory and the spirit of his mouth hmm He's going to destroy the devil with the brightness of his glory, blinding light. When Jesus appears, there's going to be blinding light. Mm -hmm. Blinding light. And Jesus is going to speak. And what he's going to say is, die. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 8. That's why I said, there, there's going to be a bloodbath. The nations of the world are going to come down to... And I'll, I have some exhibits that I'll show to help us understand what's going on. The Bible says here, Then shall that wicked be revealed, the devil whom the Lord shall consume. Notice how the Lord Jesus, and since as I said, whenever you see the word Lord in the New Testament, add the Lord Jesus to it. 
Amen. That helps a lot. Amen. So, whom the Lord Jesus shall what? Consume. How is he going to consume that word? There is to annihilate and destroy the evil one with the spirit of his mouth. Jesus, the spirit of his mouth. John 6, 63 tells us that part, part B, it says, the words I speak to you, they are spirit and their life. This is telling us the Bible is very consistent consistent with its phraseology you see what the bible is saying jesus is going to consume the devil with the spirit of his mouth john 63 tells us words are spirit are you with me saints spirit of his mouth so what i'm doing what what you can hear it but you can see it anyhow <laughs> you can hear it you can hear the words <clears throat> but you can see it that's what Jesus tell Nicodemus. He said, he said to Nicodemus, he said, Nico, that which is spirit is spirit. That which is flesh is flesh. It's a whole different realm, Nico. You can feel the wind. You do not know where it comes from, but it exists. And I think we Christians have a very difficult time wrapping our head around the parent realm of this earth. The parent realm of this earth is the spirit realm. And brothers and sisters, when we begin to live in that realm, that's when we become effective for the Lord. We need to get out of the flesh. Why am I screaming? I feel my help. I get it. We need to get out of the flesh. Are you with me? We have John, uh, 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 um, that feeling we talk about. Get rid of that stuff. Are you getting what I'm saying? The Bible says in First Thessalonians, don't tell me that I didn't come with this. 5.23, that we are spirit, flesh, and soul. But we need to live in that spirit realm. Seated with Christ Jesus in heavenly places. Stay in heavenly places and don't come down. The Bible says when Jesus comes back, comes back with us. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, talk about blinding, Lord, I give you praise. There'll be no fight. There'll be no fight. Blinding light. Everybody who's, who, everyone who's had a glimpse of Jesus Christ fell to their knees. Every soul. They cannot see. You cannot see. Because your eye is not wired to see in the spirit realm. Except God opens your eye. Are you getting what I'm saying? We need our eyes open so we can talk different and think different and walk different. Are you getting what I'm saying? You remembered in 2 Kings chapter 8 when Elijah had to ask God to open his servant's eye. Because he said more of it that's for us than those who are against us. How does one man sees that and another does not? Serving the same God. Serving the same God. We live in a time, brothers and sisters, we need to live in the spirit. We live in some very difficult times. I meet people all the time and they're telling me how concerned they are, how scared they are. And because they don't have the God of peace. Are you with me? The God of peace. Peace. Mm, you got to labor to get that peace. Labor to get that rest. Amen? They don't have the God of peace. And because of that, they are fearful. But I thank God for Jesus, who is the Prince of Peace.
<laughs> oh, hallelujah. Jesus, that name, Jesus. Amen, the Prince of Peace. I'm talking about Armageddon. Did I move elsewhere? <laughs> hallelujah. But I'm so excited this evening since. Anyhow, so I said Armageddon. And I know I, don't, I won't have enough time tonight, but we'll cover as much as we can. Amen. There's going to be a bloodbath. My scripture to confirm that claim is taken from Revelation chapter 14. Can you go to Revelation chapter 14? Let's read from verse 17 to, to 20. Verse 17, 17 to 20 is explaining what's going to happen at that valley. Armageddon. That's what verse 14, the last three verses is explaining. It is not called Armageddon. But it described the event that's going to take place at Armageddon. Especially verses 19 and 20. Amen? So it says here, John is speaking. He said, I saw another angel came out of the temple, which is in heaven. And he having a sickle. A sickle, a sharp sickle. So what's happening here, brothers and sisters, I want you to see what the Bible is doing. What God is doing. God is using a metaphor to explain. A metaphor of reaping. To explain what's going to, to explain the harvest of souls. Amen? Just like you would go out and harvest grapes to bring it to the wine press to make wine. God is using that, that analogy, if I can say, amen, to explain what's happening in, in Armageddon. So he said, uh, another angel came out of the altar which had power of a fire and cried with a loud voice, amen, to him that had the sharp sickle saying, thrust in your sickle and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth. And that's referring to, that's referring to people. That's a reference to people. It's a metaphor. Are you with me, saints? Of the vine of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe. Sin is ripe. It is time. God has given enough chances. People have raised their fist in defiance to God. And they know God is lives in the third heavens because their fist is raised up and they're looking up in the air. Are you with me? God has put it in the hearts of people who he is. Whenever they raise their fist, they never look down. They always look up in defiance. So sin is ripe. The age of grace is over. Verse 19, and the angel thrust in his sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth. Gathered the vine of the earth. And he we're referring to, these are the unbelievers, the earth, the Bible call them the earth dwellers. So that's a metaphor showing what's going to happen to the earth dwellers. Right here it comes, and cast into the great winepress of the wrath of God. That is, the winepress of the wrath of God is a phrase used to explain Armageddon. The Bible is saying just like grapes is harvested and then it's pressed hmm, to, to make wine. So too, when what's going to happen is in the last days, the earthlings, the people who did not accept Christ, they are going to unfortunately experience the wrath of God. So the Bible is like is likening wrath of God to crushing grapes. We know uh, uh, and cast into the great verse twenty. Thank you. And the wine was trodden down. The, uh, the wine press was trodden down without the city. Mm -hmm. uh, the wine press. What comes out of a wine press is wine, not blood. Are you with me? So we uh, you can clearly see it's a metaphor. 
and blood came out of the wine press. Blood doesn't come out of a wine press, only wine does. But I want you to keep that metaphor in mind. And even unto the horse's bridle, the Bible says the amount of blood that's going to come out during that time, Armageddon, when Jesus comes with blinding light and he says, Die, people are just going to fall out. Before that, they'll be fighting one another. The war will be will have already begun but when jesus come when he appears they are going to turn on him and then he's just going to say die and every soul is going to die because this f god said all souls are minds i'm taking back my soul from everybody <laughs> oh isn't that a blessing and the bible says i do have an exhibit for the horses the the, the blood to give you sorry to give you an idea Praise the Lord. To give you an idea, right? the Bible says right here, in that valley of Jezreel, I'll explain, the blood is going to come up to the horse's bridle. That's how much blood that will be in that valley. It's a lot of blood. That's why I said, when we speak of Armageddon, there will be no drilling in the earth's core, but a bloodbath. That's what I meant. When Jesus comes, there will be a lot of blood. And the world needs to know that there is a day of wrath on the way. I know we are all we are all so so inundated and we feel so oppressed and so overwhelmed. Do not lose track. It is a plan of the devil to distract us, so we won't effectively minister out there. Are you with me, saints? I am imploring you to come alive, be awakened. Stay hot. Stay refired. Don't retire. <laughs> stay refired. Or not. <laughs> or not. You got a choice. As Joshua said, Joshua said, as for me and my house, we have decided to stay on fire. Yes, sir. We're going to keep that touch lighting. What else to do? I don't want God's grace to be given to me in vain. No. Too much power. In vain. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15.10. He said, I am what I am by the grace of God. But the grace of God was not given to me in vain. I read that. It threw me off. I said, oh, so the grace of God can be given to you in vain. Yes. He said, but I, for the grace of God not to be given to you in vain, the, this is what you have to do. He said, but I labored more abundantly than them all. I labored more than Peter, James, all the 12 apostles. I labored. I left and went to the, the desert in Arabia. Three and a half years. I didn't ask for no pastor, no apostle, no evangelist, no mother, no father. I had an encounter. Because I do not want the grace to be given to me in vain. So all I'm going to do is every day get up to go to work and come home for the next 60 years and die. And you got the power, the power that came on Samson. So he picked up a gate. It's in us. Dormant. In vain. In vain. That's what the Bible says. In vain. As for me and my house, we've decided that's not going to happen to me. You hear me, brothers and sisters? I'm going to do what I have to do. Excuse, excuse my vernacular. 
I'm going to do what I have to do so that power can come out. Oh, the world needs to see some power. Not so I can be glorified. No, 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 no. So God can be glorified. Some, the real Christians need to start standing. Now you stop talking about I'm tired. Everybody's tired. I came here tired. That's my wife. She looked at me and she said to me, are you okay? I said, I said, yes, I am. And as soon as she doesn't know, as soon as she turned her back, I got milk coffee. Glory be to God. Yes, sir. I got business to do for the Lord. Oh, yes, sir. <laughs> oh, glory. I want to do what I have to do to stay alive and well for the Lord. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah, I have decided to stay hot, hot, hot for the Lord. Doesn't matter what's going on in this world today. Corona, variant one, variant two, variant 23. I am remaining hot for the Lord. Yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Nor the pestilence that stalketh in darkness. That was for me, excuse me. <laughs> oh God, I've decided, I've decided to follow my Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, glory be to God. Saints, I tell you, it's time to get excited. This is our time. Amen. This is our time. And I didn't come here to criticize anybody. Amen. This is never my goal. Praise the Lord. Are you with me? I don't have room to criticize because I live in a glass house. I can't throw any stones. What I can tell you is that I've made up my mind. Yes, sir. I've made up my mind and the world has to know. Nobody's going to back me down. The devil is a liar. Amen. So, we are told here, one of the metaphors for Armageddon is the wine press of the, the, wine press of the wrath of God. Isn't that something? <laughs> mm. verse 20 itself tells us that the blood as I said which will be spilt let's look at the exact dimensions given here by the space of 1,600 furlongs 1,600 furlongs I think I do have another exhibit do I? furlongs is the way you measure a horse, a horse race I think right here Thank you. Eight furlongs equals one mile. Eight furlongs right here equals one mile. So you divide 1,600 furlongs into eight and then we get 200 miles. So the blood and, and, and some commentators said that Israel from north to south is about 200 miles. So the blood is going to flow right through the valley of Jezreel, Armageddon, amen, which is also called the valley of Jehoshaphat. Praise the Lord. Are, are you getting what I'm saying? It is going to happen. So for not only is the blood going to rise up to the horse's bridle, it is going to flow for 200 miles, a distance from Jacksonville to Tallahassee. Amen? It's a lot of blood. 
Mm, glory be to Jesus. A lot of people think Armageddon, Armageddon is the end of the world. And it is pretty much. It is pretty much. It is pretty much the end of the world. Amen. But to be safe though, let's look at the Bible definition. Revelation chapter 16, but let's look at the Bible revelation, uh, definition. The word Armageddon is mentioned only one time as I said and is here. It is of Hebrew or origin and it's a compound word. I think I have an exhibit too. It's a compound word. A-R-R, -R, which means mountain or range of hills right here. And Mageddon, which comes from Megiddo. So it really means mountain in Megiddo. Apparently the word Megiddo comes from a, a root word meaning to, to rendezvous. It means mountain in Megiddo. That's what Armageddon means. Armageddon is a mountain in Megiddo. And you look down the mountain and you'll see a huge valley. That valley is called Armageddon. Are you with me? It's that valley is also called the Valley of Jezreel. It's also called the Valley of Jehoshaphat. A lot of battles have been fought there. This is not the first battle that will be fought in that valley. But it's in the vicinity of Megiddo. Amen. So that's why it's called Armageddon. Praise the Lord. More than 200 battles have been fought in that region, including, you remember, Barak's defeat of the Canaanites in Judges chapter 4 and Judges chapter 5. You remember Gideon's victory over the Midianites. Remember that? That took place in the valley of Jezreel. Can you go to um, Judges chapter 6, verse 33, so you'll see what I'm talking about. Judges 3, 6, 33. So a lot of Battles have taken place in Amma in that same area. Then the Midianites and the Amalekites and the children of the east were gathered together and went over and pitched in the valley of Jezreel. That's the same place. That's the same valley. A lot of battles have been fought there, as I said. When the Antichrist and the kings of the world come down, it'll not be the first time. In Listen carefully. In 1799, 1799, the world's greatest military figure, Napoleon, Napoleon, have heard of Napoleon Hill. He stood at Megiddo. Napoleon was at Megiddo. He stood and looked down in the valley of Armageddon. And considering the enormous plain of Armageddon, this is what he said. He said, all the armies of the world could maneuver their forces on this vast plain. There is no place in the world more suited for wars than this place. He didn't even know what he was saying. Prophesying. Like God does sometimes. He uses unbelievers to speak his word. We see God does that. In, um, in 2 Chronicles chapter 35 verse 22. You don't have to go there. We see that Josiah. Josiah was prophesied to, to die a peaceful life. But he disobeyed Pharaoh Nico. Pharaoh Nico <laughs> told Josiah, do not bother me. I have a word from the Lord to fight. Josiah decided to go fight Pharaoh Nico. They had just prophesied to Josiah. Because you broke down the altars and you rebuilt God's temple. 
You are going to live a long life and die with your fathers. He did not listen to Pharaoh Nico because we have a choice. It doesn't matter how much prophecy you get. You still have a choice because we are laborers together with God. Are you with me? God's will will not overtake you like an avalanche. It will not settle over you like a fog. You have to participate. I have to participate. Are you with me, saints? Oh, <laughs> glory be to Jesus. Being hot for God will not overtake you as an avalanche. You'll never get upset. Oh, I feel the presence of the Lord. Oh, I feel. It doesn't happen. You have to start. And when you start, all of a sudden, he places his wind beneath your wings. And then, brothers and sisters, you begin to function naturally supernatural. Uh, the key to functioning naturally supernatural is to get started by faith. The just shall live. Why am I shouting? It is faith not to feel like praising and yet praise. It is faith not to feel like praying and yet pray. It is faith. Uh, glory be to Jesus. <laughs> oh God, we give you praise. <laughs> you see, we got to know how the Christian life works. Amen. Uh, let me move on here. Time is against me. I have Megiddo on the map. Praise the Lord. So, this is, you remember the Tiberias River? Tiberia, the Sea of Tiberias? That is so popular in, in the New Testament. Here it is. This is the Valley of Jezreel. This is Megiddo. There are mountains, there are mountain ranges. If you stay up on this mountain, look down. This is the Valley of Jezreel. The Valley of Jehoshaphat. Jesus grew up in Nazareth. Almost 10 miles from Megiddo. I believe when Jesus went for water, when they sent him downtown to buy, when they sent him to Lowe's to buy furniture, Joseph did that sometimes. <laughs> Lord, can I use my imagination? I believe as he walked down, he would hear, as he walked down, coming down to Jerusalem, he would say, one day I'm coming back there as king of kings and lord of lords. It's only 10 miles. He knew the area very well. Are you getting what I'm saying, saints? So, <laughs> so, so we have Megiddo, Armageddon, Armin's mountain or range of hills. So there are some hills right here. Amen. And looking down in the valley of Jezreel, this is Armageddon. This is where the battle of battles is going to take place. The battle of battles. That's where you and I are going to appear with Jesus. Praise the Lord. Isn't that a blessing? Yeah. Hallelujah. Anybody up for the ride? The Bible says when we do not know how he's going to come. Because he's a God who, he, the Bible says, he makes the wind his highway. <laughs> the clouds, this is, the Bible said the clouds is God's vehicle. The wind is I-10. <laughs> who, who wouldn't serve a God like this? Who wouldn't serve a God like I don't know how he's coming, but I know he's coming and we will be with him. 
Oh, hallelujah. So uh, today, you can, today, right now, you can, you can buy a ticket, go to Megiddo, look down in the valley and say, oh, that's where it's going to happen. People do it all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can now, you can do that now. Get yourself a ticket. Go to Jerusalem. They'll take you, the, the tour guides will take you to the Megiddo and you can look down. People do it all the time. A lot of people come, come back with pictures. Amen. Look, I've been to Megiddo. And so what's happening here? What's happening at Megiddo when all the world come together, all the, the kings of the world? It's a fulfillment of Psalms chapter 2. Let me read to you Psalms 2. You got Psalms chapter 2? Let's read from verse 1 to 5. Because they're coming together. Amen? We said Megiddo, the root word for Megiddo is rendezvous. You know what rendezvous means? It's to hang out, it's to have a meeting. So the kings of the world are going to hang out there. Not for a meeting, but for war. The Bible says, why do the hidden rage and the people imagine of anything? It is vain to fight against the Lord. Why are they fighting? They're wasting their time. That's why the Bible says, why do the hidden rage? They are all unbelievers. The people who be on the earth coming against Jesus, they are all unbelievers. That's why the Bible says the hidden is raging. And they're imagining of anything. They ima we are going to take over the Lord. Take over whom? The Lord Jesus, creator of heaven and earth. That's why the Bible says it's a vain thing. It's a waste of time. That word vain always catches my attention. One of my prayers every day, as, I, as I'm in, I say, God, do not let me receive your grace in vain. Like the apostle Paul did, do not let me. I don't want to go to heaven. And then God said to me, Son, you did 100%. You did well. But I had 1,000% for you. No, 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 no. No, no, no. I want God to say, I had 1,000% for you. You completed 100,000%. I didn't see you coming. <laughs> I didn't see you coming. Oh, oh yes, I had 100% for you. But you came at 100,000%. 100, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Oh, hallelujah. So Psalms 2, it says here, the kings of whom? Of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together. Against whom? You see the Lord, that the, every time you see the word Lord, what do we say? Add what? Jesus, the Lord Jesus. And that word in the Old Testament also means, it means Yahweh. It means Lord of hosts. Lord of hosts of the angels. Lord of hosts of the what? Of the seas. Lord of hosts of the lions. Lord of hosts of the stars. Lord of hosts of... You are coming against the Lord of armies. Host means armies. Coming against whom? Ignorance is dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> coming against the Lord of hosts the Lord of armies my Lord I give you praise Jesus told in, in Psalms chapter 50 the Israelites thought they were granting God a favor he said if I was hungry I would ask you he said all the fish in the sea's minds all the animals they are mines I don't need your sacrifice <laughs> I own earth. The earth is the Lord's. And the fullness thereof. The world and they who dwells. Yes. So I don't need your little sacrifice. 
bringing total to love thinking no that total love is pointing to jesus that's for you that's not for me And so the kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel against the Lord, against his anointed, his anointed, Jesus, saying, what are they saying? Let us break their bands asunder. <laughs> yeah, 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 let us break the bands asunder. Let's not, look, let's not obey what he says in the Bible. Let's forget about the Bible. Let's do what we want. Let's do what we want. It doesn't matter what we see, what we read. Let's do what we want. Because we got a choice. It doesn't matter. And since, you know, as I said, sometimes we do the very same thing. I mean, unfortunately, we do the same thing. So when I read the Psalms, I, I'm a little quiet. I put myself in there and ask for forgiveness. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Amen. Yeah, I don't say it out loud. Let's break their bands. But sometimes we do not follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit. I was telling my wife last week. I was stepping out of the door. I had an appointment and I stepped out of the garage and the Holy Spirit said, go back for a certain document. And I said, oh, Lord, they have it. I went, <laughs> came back with tears in my eyes. The very document God told me to pick up, it's what they wanted. They said, go back and get it. I know it was, the point is, I know it was God. And I told him, they have it. <laughs> oh, glory be to Jesus. Continue. Verse 3. Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. Verse 4. He that sitteth, where he sits? In the heavens. What is he doing? That's not, no, that's a belly laugh. That's not a <laughs> it's a waste of time. He's in charge. <laughs> Laugh. The Lord Jesus shall have them in what? Derision. Confusion. Ambushments. That's what he does. He sets ambushments. He, he knows how to overthrow the council. The Bible says, <laughs> three armies came, across, came against Jehoshaphat. Three armies. And the Bible says they settled in the valley, same valley, to fight against Jehoshaphat. And they, they turned on one another. How does that happen? A coalition of three armies came against the people of God. And the Bible says they got up and just all of a sudden turned on one another. Realized, hey, what am I doing? What am I doing? This man is my enemy. Why am I coming together? That's what the Bible means. That which the enemy means for evil, he will overthrow their counsel. That's what he does. I say, Lord, overthrow the counsel of Ahithophel. Overthrow their counsel, set them in derision in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. Since we got some power. Yes, we do in these last days and the world has to know that. Send them in derision. Confuse them, Lord God. Confuse their plans. Turn them against one another in the name of Jesus. Man, we got to learn to break through like Daniel. Daniel broke through on his knees and the heavens opened. Are you with me? Daniel said it doesn't matter how long it takes. I know that God is not a man. He does not lie. 
Numbers 23, 19. Neither is he the son of men that he should repent. Hath he said it? Will he not do it? Hath he spoken it? Will he not make it good? And Daniel said, all I got to do is labor in prayer. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, after 21 days, the heavens broke through. Maybe somebody needs to do a 21 day. I'm talking to me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Many times we are keeping ourselves back. We are the ones keeping ourselves back. We are the ones. Since it is finished. It is finished. God, we thank you. And we bless your name. Verse 5, quickly. Verse 5. Verse 5 says, Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath, and vex them in his sore displeasure. Yeah, God is going to speak a word. That's what he's going to speak a word in his wrath. That's what Jesus is going to do when he comes. He's going to speak a word. Because this time he's not coming back as baby Jesus. He's coming back as the king of kings and the lord of lords. And he's going to speak a word. The spirit of his mouth. The Bible tells about the word of God is quick. Powerful. Hebrews 4, 12. Sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces. Have you ever seen yourself crying and nobody touched you but God? <laughs> Tears will come to your eyes because the Lord just touched you. <laughs> Nobody laid their hands on you. Ah, boss. <laughs> Woo! That's what we are talking about here. And since we've got that same power, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, Ephesians chapter 1 dwells in us. Ah, glory be to Jesus. <laughs> ma, 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 ma. Don't sell yourself short. Don't you sell your don't you worry? I told my mind to the my mind. I said, I don't worry for you. You and I we have nothing going on. <laughs> oh yes, I oh yes. <laughs> Today all stressed out for nothing. Yes. But I know in my spirit, I know this is not me. I know this is earth. This is earth. This is earth. And earth was wired that way. But I know, I know, brothers and sisters, that I'm seated in heavenly places. Ephesians 2, 6. In Christ Jesus. And I know some people said, well, it's positional. No, that's who I am. I'm always in the spirit. <laughs> oh, God, I give you praise. Hallelujah. Always in the spirit. I bless people, pray for people, I move right along. Hallelujah. Anyhow. We bless your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. Woo. And so again, we see all the unbelievers coming together. And verse 5 tells us what Jesus is going to do. Amen. That's what he's going to do. And God would have me tell you tonight, that's what you need to do to the enemies that's attacking you. And your enemies are not people. Let me say that again. You got to look past people and, 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 and deal with that spirit. It's called, they're, they're called spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. 
Ephesians chapter 6. That's what, that's what they are. Spiritual wickedness. Wicked spirits bent on frustrating us. They'll use anybody. Anybody. They'll use anybody to frustrate you. Are you with me? I told somebody last week. And, 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 and hear me. Hear me. Hear my word. But I want you to get that to that person. I said don't let the devil pimp you. He's using you to distract people. I told the, I had to tell, I had to make it plain. Like, because what the devil will do, he'll use you and abuse you and dump you. That's what he'll do. I said, you come alive. Don't let him pimp you. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Do not yeah, resist him steadfastly in the faith. James 4 7 says, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. No resisting, no fleeing. Resist, he's gone. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, glory be to Jesus. Oh, we bless your name, Jesus. We bless your name, Lord. Hallelujah. I just feel in my... Let's go to one more verse. I have... I have... I got 15 pages. I'm on page number three. <laughs> but I think the Lord would have me... Can you go to Ephesians chapter one? Let's look at the last few verses. I, I just need to... As we run this particular verse... Ephesians chapter 1. Paul is praying in Ephesians chapter 1. From verse 17, he's praying a prayer. He said, this is, I pray that prayer all the time. This is my recommendation. My recommendation in French. To you. Pray that prayer. Loaded prayer. Paul is not asking God to give the, the Ephesians anything. He's asking God to open their mind to what they have. Let me say that again. God is not asking the Ephesians... Paul is not asking God to give the Ephesians nothing. He's asking God to open their minds to what they have. Because they are so fleshy. They move by feelings. I don't feel like. I don't feel like. I don't feel like. Kids do that. Adults say, thank you God for the feeling. But that's not who I am. That's the way it is on earth. I told somebody in the gym. <laughs> Let's read. Paul is praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you what? The spirit of wisdom and revelation. In what? Notice there's a colon. He's going to elaborate on that. That's a loaded statement. I can preach on that for hours. Just that one verse. The spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. He's going to elaborate what he means by that a little bit. He says in verse 18, that the eyes of your understanding have been enlightened. <laughs> Notice how many that's. That you may know what is the hope of what? Lord have mercy. And what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance? Where is the inheritance? In the sense. And what is the exceeding? There it comes. Greatness of his what? Power to whom? My God, my God, my God. To us, what? Who, what? Without belief, no power going anywhere. Without belief, no power going anywhere. No belief, no power. I think that's where I think that's our problem in the church. That's our, no belief, no power. 
That's where we are. And I need, us, I need you to read that so you can understand that. That's where we are. We are not in power in the church because there is no belief. At least not the way God wants us to believe. I had a parishioner a long time ago. He was walking on a roof. And he fell from the roof. And enjoyed himself. And he's telling me, God threw him from the roof to teach him a lesson. And I'm saying, no wonder you cannot get healed because you have the wrong concept of God. No belief, no power. Think about it. Who believe according to what? He's going to give you an example of how much power we have. What is he going to do? Give us an example of how much power we have. He said, according according means in proportion to or to the degree of this is how much power you have can you go to verse it's a, uh, it's one sentence by the way all the way which he wrought L let me share this with you the holy ghost is giving paul so much revelation he cannot continue the sentence it's just one thing god is quickly giving him and he's just writing he's just writing trying his best to explain with his small mind a big God. Which he wrought in. That's the power. Which he wrought means. Which he manifested. In Christ. How? When he raised him from the dead. Raising from the dead. Power. That's why we have to pray. That the grace of God. Is not given to us in vain. Because you and I cannot have. Raising from the dead and living like puppets. I'm just sharing with you brothers and sisters. And now is a good time for the real Christians to stand and demonstrate some of that power. Uh, <laughs> oh, we bless you. God, we bless you. Hallelujah. You and I don't have to wait when we come back with Jesus at Amagadon to see that power. We can use it now. Yeah. We can speak like Jesus is going to speak. Are you with me? <laughs> Hallelujah. Now is a good time. Now is a good time to do that. Now is a good time. In that, in that arena of fear, when fear seems to be so pervasive and destructive, worry and Everybody's in a state of disequilibrium. The devil is a liar. The God of peace is the God I serve. We know the Prince of Peace. We know how to stabilize things. Stabilize things. Are you with me? When a Christian steps, the atmosphere changes. That's what we do. We change atmospheres, we shift atmospheres. Because we carry God. Please take time to meditate on the word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today. Knowing that the Christian who meditates on the word will be like a tree planted by the water, bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? 
If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee, located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m. and the morning service begins at 11. And the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com or call the church, 850-408-8496.